What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Here today, I can confirm here today, he has power. It was an adventure. He got it back. He will tell us all about it, I'm sure. So uh, he, he, I, I feel like he feels like he needs to make up for yesterday. He's got a lot of words to say today. So we got a lot to discuss. We got Amazon, obviously. We're going to talk about Amazon. First stock split since 1999. Hey, credit to Charlie Gasparino. The man was not wrong. He was just 11 months early. Props, Charlie G. Uh, we're going to talk about inflation today. CPI out at 8.30. Don't forget about that. We're going to talk about earnings, Asana, CrowdStrike. We would talk crypto, giving back its gains from yesterday. Uh, and surprise guest today. I, I, I could tell you who the guest is. Um, maybe I should tell you who the guest is. But Or I, it'd be more fun if I just didn't tell you if we just waited Unless it says it on the screen there. It might say it on the screen. In this case, whatever, it, it, it gave it away. Jason Rasnick is supposed to be joining us today, I hope, at 8.35 after CPI. Jason Rasnick, founder and CEO of Benzinga. You've been asking to get him on. I've been trying to get him on. I think today's that day. So do us all a favor. Smash that like button. And here we go. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, the gang's all here. Let's get Joel's charts up on the screen. Joel, what's the word? Ah, Ed here. That's sir. My 47 and a half handles at 42.28. We're talking uh, March uh, for two days, folks. The rollover was yesterday, so your volume will be split between the June and the March. Uh, crude rebounding up 387 at 112.58. Uh, gold rebounding, too. That's up 24 bucks at 2012. Uh, silver, that's in the green by 31 cents at 26.13. Uh, Bitcoin, easy come, easy go, down 2,600 bucks at 39.320. Ethereum futures, they're down, they're down 285 bucks at 26.0150. So, Triple D, good morning. Uh, we missed Back. you yesterday. You had uh, quite the um, oh, quite oh. Uh, adventuresome day yesterday, huh? Yeah, it was one of those mornings, and I had a lot of positions on. I think I had 100 overnight positions on. So it was one of those mornings you just don't want to lose the power. So story, trading happily, about 7.45, power starts flickering, flickering, flickering. But it's not going right off. It's just flickering. But then it's, like, coming off and on and off and on. And I'm like, okay, I got to, like, shut down all my computers. I'm going to get wrecked from the surges. So I'm shutting everything off. And and then, um, you know, and then, you know, I'm, I'm – Obviously, you know, going to deal with the power situation. So first thing is I actually uh, call Bright Trading to cancel my orders. 
because I don't want any orders sitting out there. So now, you know, I'm, I'm obviously still in 100 positions, but I'm somewhat hedged. So then I call you guys, say, look, you know, my power just went off. I'm probably not going to get back on to be able to do the show. And I got to deal with all these positions here now. So I'm scrambling. So anyway, so I'm just trying to get organized. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I'm assuming the power is going to come back on very quickly um, because I'm in a small town and it's wintertime and, you know, power just doesn't come back on in 20 minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm an hour and a half before the open. I want to get power before. So um, actually, so I go outside just to look and I smell something. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is not good. You never want your power to be off and then you smell something burnt outside. I'm like, and then I go, okay, I'm going to go look at the neighbors. Look at the neighbors. He's got power. Next door neighbor has power. Uh-huh. I'm like, this is not good. This means it's me. It's not like, you know, that, that's, that somebody said a telephone pole down the street. This is me. So anyways, um, have my wife call the power company and I'm like thinking my power could be off for a while here. So I go um, actually to uh, neighbor, um, Laura's cousin lives about a half mile from my house. Call her up. She's teacher. She's in school. Can I go to your house and literally trade at your house? And she's like, yeah, no problem. So I was going to bring my laptop. I'm like, screw it. I actually grabbed my trading PC, the monitor, everything. I set up a workstation in her house. So so you you, you just ripped your computer out of the wall. Yeah. I threw the camera, like the the video (laughs) camera for this show. It's gone. Don't need that. Need the keyboard. (laughs) Need the mouse. Need the monitor. Need the ethernet cord because i'm going to plug into i'm not going to go wi-fi i'm going to plug right into a router and uh need my pc throw it all in a box drive over there get it all set up from her guest bedroom and i'm back online literally at 8:55. i was back online so i was had an hour and 20 i go on there and the market hadn't moved too much we'd rallied a little bit there trade out all my positions and uh, obviously the last 30 minutes of the pre-market and then i get out and um it all ended up working out from uh trading perspective but i missed you guys on the show come back now i gotta deal with the power situation so what happened was the the line from the box at the road to my panel to where my meter is somehow that line burn out so and that line and that's what i was smelling so it was actually my own line so what they did was they ran me a temporary line they jumped off the neighbor's house ran me a temporary one and they're coming back today to dig in the new one. So hopefully they don't screw stuff up when they come in to dig me the new, the actual line that's going to go underground. So that was my story. Lots of fun. I had 25 people reach out to me. Why don't you get a generator? Uh, they don't know my backstory then because everybody knows I've been building a house, building a house for the last year. I'm literally in a rental right now because I'm waiting for my house to be built. Which is so, it's, it's almost done, right? The projected moving date is June 30th, like July 1st, moving in for July 1st, Canada Day. Projected, man, we're on targets. I mean, COVID has made the process a little slower, but we're on target. So July 1st. And yes, I will have a generator in my new house. Bought a nice brand new $14,000 Generac. Whoa. So I know 14 grand Canadian money. So it's like five. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what you said? I, I talked to you after that. And, uh, and you said um, that you, you were going to take it and bring in a, another monitor, but you said you didn't need the news. Right. Not when you're trading out of stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm in crisis mode. I'm not trying to put, I know, I know, I know, I'm but you said, not to get I know, I know, but when you said that, that I'm like, yeah. So okay. I literally, I, I trade on one screen. I got news on the other two, basically. <laughs> news, news, 
and information and then trading. I just need to trade out of what I have. Let's get out of crisis <laughs> mode, get out of my overnight, get out of my day trades, not my long-term stuff, get out of my day trades and get flat. And then, you know, I can deal with this power thing. But first things first, you know, I got, you know, 100 positions on. There's a lot of money floating out there. I need to get hedged or I need to be not only hedged, but I need to get out of all these stocks. So got out. It all worked out okay. Power is back on again. I hope it doesn't go out during the show here because apparently they're coming in today. I don't know what time they're coming to dig in the new line. So hopefully they don't dig it out in the new show here. If we lose you, we know why. Let's go to Amazon here, guys. Story of the night yesterday. Um, This had been rumored since as far back as last April. When uh, Charlie Gasparino from Fox Business reported that uh, Fox that was, quote, imminent, uh, turns out he was early, but he wasn't wrong because last night after hours, Amazon announces, yep, we are doing a 20 for one stock split. Or we're also going to do a $10 billion buyback while we're at it. Record date is May 27th. Split adjusted date is going to be June 3rd. I'm sorry, June 6th. Um, there we go. It's party like it's 1999 because that was when their last stock yeah. split was wow. September of 99. It's been 13 yeah. long years. And I just want to say, wow, I was looking last night and I'm like, you know, all of a sudden my filter just lights up Amazon. So I have scanners that are looking for certain, obviously, movers. And it'll just light up because it's like buy after buy after buy after buy lifting. And you know there's news. I'm like, what's the news on Amazon? And then in the Benzinga Pro, you can bring it up if you want. You can see a little general corporate statement press release, you know, and that's what they hit with the PR. So that came out. And if you wanted to show it on the Pro, you can. You have to have press releases checked. But obviously, everybody's got to go in there and read it. The algos just can read it instantly. So they're buying off of it. So you click it. You look in there. You're like, oh. I see a buyback. Oh, I see a stock split. Oh, that's why we're already up 100 points, and then we're up 200 points, and then we're up 300 points. Literally went up 3,100. It went up over 300 points, and I'm like, this is pure stupidity is what I said to myself. Pure stupidity. I'm trying to frantically get into my long-term account, which I have my Amazon, my long-term account, to sell it because I'm like, up 300 is pure stupidity in this market. So I'm like frantically going, Logging in, because I'm not even logged into my long-term account. I'm in my day trading account, going into my long-term account. Da, 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 da. Bring up the browser, you know, da, da, da. log in, give your credentials. Da, da, da. Come on, come on, come on. It's only up 250 now. Like, come on. And then it's up, now it's up only 200. I'm like, come on. I'm like, click, click, click. I'm like, it's only up 200 now? I'm like, oh, do I sell it? It was just up 300. I'm like, yes, I sell it, because up 200 oh, is still no. stupid, too. So I turned around and you sold my long-term Amazon out of there. Yeah. I was thinking about it the other day, and it wasn't like one of these ones that I was up an enormous amount of money on. It was one that I bought. I bought Amazon right back in April of 2020, near the bottom, because I decided that the COVID thing, obviously, you know, everybody's going to online shopping. Yeah. And I bought a double size position back then. I bought half for a trade and half for a long term investment, sold the trade portion, kept the long term investment portion for the last year and a half. Sold half of the long-term investment portion when I had the good earnings report in February because I felt that was like just overdone, went up 400 points on the report. That turned out to be a good selling opportunity. And then it's been leaking. I was saying the other day, I was like, why didn't I sell it all? And then the gift from the gods last night, the gift from the gods, I'm like, okay, I'm actually selling my Amazon here now. So I sold my long-term Amazon. It's gone. I am flat Amazon. I don't think the war is over. 
the uh it's funny because i i stepped away and i came back and i like to you know look who was the biggest for the pre-market prep plus uh, daily update i do you know the biggest gainer in the s p the top 11 components and then you know the biggest loser and i'm looking and I'm like, no, Amazon wasn't a, a, like immediately when I looked at it, I didn't even have to go to pro. I knew they split the stock. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, Not you didn't much. even have to go to pro to get that kind of move. Uh, I, I don't blame you, Dennis. And you sold the other half when they had that ridiculous earnings pop. Yeah. Remember I sold this? Half then, yeah. Yep. And that was a good selling opportunity. I mean, sell the rip continues to work. So. And the other thing, too, if you want to look at this just from a long-term perspective, no position, not taking a position in Amazon, but you had this trading range, right? Mm -hmm. This nauseating trading range. What? It was like 2,800, you know, 3,500. If you, you can even make it more uh, defined than that, you know, maybe 3,100 to 3,400. You broke out of the bottom of a monthly trading range. It doesn't range look good. There. It does not look good. No. And there's a lot of air underneath here. Who knows what's going to happen with the war? I've been looking Who, at that yeah. for the last you know few weeks and thinking and, and kicking myself that I didn't sell all of my Amazon when I had that rally at 3,200. And like I said, I feel like it was a gift from the trading gods last night. Yeah. You know, especially when it was 31. I didn't get 31. It was up to a thirty-one hundred for less than a minute, I think. It was oh yeah, really and look nice. at your dailies really here. Stupid. Look at your dailies right here. Yeah. Look at this: one, two, three, four, five high. Not just under thirty. Someone was probably targeting thirty-one hundred. But look at that. I mean, you got confirmation. I don't know if you're going to steal. You happen to sell it up there. But if you were thinking of buying it off that news, you just got to look at that thirty-one hundred and say, "Wow." And we just traded under 2700 a couple days ago. Yeah. Very unsustainable move. Good job, Triple D. Well, we uh, don't know. It's no good job yet. People are saying it's mixed reviews. Some people saying great move. Other people saying real stupid. And, you know, I, I don't know. What One thing I do look at my overall portfolio, and I did some other things yesterday too, which you might say are going to be stupid, but we might as well talk about it. Um, I looked at my overall portfolio. I'm just too heavy tech, man. I'm like, it's just grown that way. What didn't start that way? It just grew that way. I mean, I looked at Apple. Apple's 11% of my long-term portfolio just because it's grown so much. And then I looked at, you know, the Qs. The Qs are 20%. So I literally, between the Qs and Apple, I'm 31% You're of my long-term portfolio. Little and then I own Google. And then I own Microsoft. And then I'm like, I'm like 55, 60% big tech. Like the big five. Well, that, I'm like, I'm just too that, big. That doesn't that. make you special. That's everyone, man. That doesn't make you special. Well, yeah, but if it's going to start to come for those, and I've been saying for a while, I think that they start, could start coming for them. Apple's not cheap. Amazon's definitely not cheap. Um, I just think I wanted to do some reallocation yesterday. So I did um, seven, basically seven trades over the last two days in the long-term portfolio. Told you I sold my Amazon. I sold my Square. Square popped. I actually bought it two days ago. I, I sold it at 125. I sold half of it. And then I let the other half come all the way back down. Then I rebought the half that I sold at like $98 two days ago. And it just popped up to 112 And I sold, I think I got 112.50 or something nice. yesterday. So I'm like, it's up, it's literally up 15% in a day. I'm like, I'm, I'm no what the way this market works. It gives it back. So I'm like, I'm out. I'm just going to move on and, uh, you know, thank the trading or, or, or thanks for the bounce. So I was using, and I, I tweeted yesterday too. I'm like, I'm selling tech into the rally. I sold my win, W-Y-N-N, terrible on this. I bought it perfectly, did not exit in time, missed my exit. So I bought it at 78, ran to 95, 
came all the way back down. I missed my X. I was trying to get her at like 89 on the day after it hit 90, which was the second. And it got up to 88.22, and I didn't get out. I'm like, uh. And then it just literally collapsed in two days. Wow. And again, because you're not trading it, you're not really watching it much. So I don't notice it until like it's too. It's not like I'm sitting here actively trading, you know, my longer term stuff. So, but I wanted to reallocate. So then it got murdered 90 to 70. I feel like a little 50% retracement of the recent move. So I sold it yesterday at 78, I think. So I'm all out of win. Basically, a long term. End of the story is I basically scratched it after all that, but I was happy to scratch it because as of two days ago, I was actually down 12%. Now. So taking a winner to a loser, don't do that. Um, and then I, so I sold Amazon, Win, Square, and I actually looked, and because Apple was 11% of my long-term portfolio, I ate and I sold 25% of my Apple as well. That's how much I don't like Apple right now oh. um, is I was willing to eat a 550% gainer and pay some tax on it which, you know, sometimes you just have to do it. But I just felt like, I feel like it could be one that could end up coming back down to like 120 area eventually. So I, I'm not selling it all. I'm just trying to get not so tech heavy. Um, and this was a good opportunity to rebalance my portfolio to a certain extent. So with the money, I didn't stay in cash. I actually went and I bought Halliburton, um, which is something I wouldn't have thought I would buy, but I don't think the war is over. I bought it at $34 yesterday. I bought CCJ the day before. Guy Adami, fast money. I'll give you props because you called this one out and you're like, you know, this, this is obviously um, CCJ is, um, well, it's a, it's a, anyways, CCJ, Guy Adami calls it out. Okay. And uh, I kind of agreed with his whole thesis and I picked it up at like 24 and a half. A couple days ago it's 27 and a half so it's doing pretty good so i want to give guy dami some props on that and then i bought wheat w-e-a-t just as a trade so that's more of a swing trade but i feel like it just went from 8 to 13 and back down to 10 i was like i don't think we're out of the woods here on the russia situation so i did some reallocation i don't know if you're going to be right or wrong but we have talked about um how nothing stays in favor forever tech is coming off a decade in which they 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 crushed it. Big tech specifically crushed it in the last decade. Amazon, Google, Microsoft, uh, Apple, et cetera, et cetera. Nothing nothing works all the time. Nothing works forever. Um, I could see a scenario where tech takes a backseat for it's for a few years. You mentioned Amazon doing nothing. That's what I'm worried about. The last year and a half. I don't know if you're going to be right or wrong. I'm not willing to go as far as you. Uh, and and sell a lot of. I'm overweight tech too, frankly, and I'm not willing to go as far as you. Um, but I'm still. Oh, but let's stop. I'm still way overweight tech. Okay. So I was analyzing. It was probably 55 or maybe even 60 percent of my long portfolio. Probably yesterday's moves brought me down to 50. I mean, it didn't help. I can't bring it down to like 20 or 30 because I just don't want to pay the tax bill. I'm sitting on like Google. I'm up a thousand percent in Google. I can't sell that. I mean, Apple, I literally, I, I couldn't bring myself to sell the whole thing. I'd love to sell the whole thing. If I was up nothing in Apple, I would sell the whole thing right now. But I can't because I'm going to realize a huge dang tax bill. So I don't want to eat that. So Qs, I'm up. My, my average cost basis on my QQQ, my average cost base on my QQQ is $39. Speaking it's 329 I'm like, that's just because I've been buying it over the years. I bought it 20 years ago. So I'm like, literally... How do you sell that? You know, you want to realize a thousand percent gainer? Do you think that this is going down 30, 40 percent? I mean, that's what you're basically saying if you sell that. I don't know if that's the case. So 
all I was trying to do was Amazon was only up like 18% or 20%. And so I'm like, that's not a big gainer to eat. I've sold all my big gainers. I've sold all my, you know, everything that I could sell. You know, now I'm stuck with the stocks. I'm just up too much. And anything in a registered account is fine. You know, I can sell out of a registered account. Maybe we should get into the tax question. You know, I know it's a, we've got CPI coming up, but you had a tax question there too. But, you know, it's always a balancing act in, in analyzing the tax situation. In Canada, you have what's called an RSP. You have IRA in the U.S., but we have an RSP. Anything I do in my RSP, I don't have taxes on, so it doesn't matter. And I have some stocks in there, and I, I would actively trade out of those and sell those. It doesn't matter. But I have a huge chunk of money that's in a retirement account that isn't registered. That means it's, like, taxable. You know, it's just in a regular trading account. People will say, why do you do that? Well, you can only contribute so much to an RSP every year. So I can't, I have a huge amount of money that, you know, I've made over trading that I can't have in an RSP. I can only contribute the maximum, I think it's 28,000 a year. So I've got, you know, all this money sitting outside an RSP too. This stuff that's, uh, that's the Apple and, and some of these big ones are outside a registered account, meaning that, you know, you are going to be taxed on that if you sell it, like taxed immediately. So there's always that balancing act. I mean, if you're just actively trading your IRA or your RSP, it's a different situation. You know, you don't have to worry about the tax as much, like paying take, the take it out. tax bill. But every time I sell something in my long-term account that isn't in my registered account, I got a tax bill coming at me right away. All right. So you've got to consider all that stuff. What we're going to do, uh, we'll do it before tax day, obviously. We're going to get a tax specialist on, on the show and and talk about this. Someone who actually knows a lot more about this than, than the three of us uh, to talk about tax. I, I feel like I could talk tax for you for a minute if you want. I mean, it's fairly simple in trading. I mean, you have in Canada and the U.S., you have two different things. Canada has, and we'll, and we'll bring a tax specialist on, but I'll give you like two minutes because we're talking about it. Okay. In the IRS in the U.S., you got long-term capital gains. So after you hold something for over a year, the tax rate drops substantially there. And I believe it's down to 15%. It's, I'm not American. 20, but 20% is the, is the short-term rate and 15% is the long-term rate. 20% is the short-term rate? Yeah. I, what do you mean? I don't think that's correct. Wait. I, I, that's wrong. It, you're, you're ta- it's taxed regularly. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're right. The, the short-term rate is very. It, it goes up to thirty. It goes up to thirty-five percent. Yeah, you're, it's yeah. your rate. Yeah. So you get a tax break that I believe only fifteen percent. I mean, this yeah. is the. So I, I should talk to Canadian because I'm Canadian. So Canada is just flat out on capital gains. It's just flat out fifty percent of the tax. So if you make a hundred grand on something, fifty thousand dollars of it is taxable. It's just flat out half. Now again, if you're actively trading though, an account. The CRA would have a pretty good argument that this isn't capital gains all of a sudden. This is like, you know, income. So, I mean, in the long-term account, I'm not actively trading that. So, because I don't want, you know, to CRA to deem this is not, this is not, you know, long-term investing. This is, you know, trading. So, I have two separate accounts. I got a long-term account and I got a short-term trading account. The trading account is just 100%. It's it's income. I'm treating as income. I'm trading too much to, like, deem this as capital gains. So, and then I have my prop trading account, which obviously is 100% taxed anyway. So that's my situation. But, you know, you've got to talk over your, but if you trade too much in one account and you claim it all as capital gains, you could have, you know, regulators Problem. look at you and say, yeah, that this isn't capital gains. You're not going in this for long-term investing. You're trading this. So this is income. So there's a little bit of, of that to figure out as well. Uh, we are five and a half minutes out from CPI, just so everyone knows. Um so we will cover that at 8.30. I know we didn't really cover a lot of stocks yet today, but we're going to get a tax expert on the show here in a few, uh, soon to talk about this more. Um, 
just to put a bow on the Amazon conversation, I, I am surprised, Dennis, that you would buy a lot of these high flyers, right? CCJ, Halliburton. Do you have, like, w- what is the plan here? CCJ on- is not a high flyer when I bought it. Check it out. Bring up the chart. It's wow. a high flyer now. High flyer now. Okay. Two days. Thanks, Guy Dami kickstarted this. But uranium play. I'm like, war is not going away. He's Guy Dami said it perfectly. It was actually one that I had thought about, and then he said it. I'm like, he's right here. He's like, this is sleepy. It was literally trading at $24, and it hadn't even really moved up much. I mean, so, I mean, if you're thinking we're still, the war is going to continue, uranium could get hot. So this is why, you know, I bought CCJ in the, in the longer-term account slash, you know, but but with a time like not that, you know, if the war all of a sudden gets fixed, I'll turn around and sell it. I just think, you know, in war times, it's not a bad stock to own. And it hadn't, it wasn't like I was like this one from 25 to 35 and I'm buying it at 35. I didn't even run yet. So I'm like, I felt like I was early on this trade. So I bought it 24, I bought it in the Canadian price, but I think it was like 24.25 equivalent, maybe 24.30, just literally two days ago. And you can see then it went to 26 and yesterday almost went to 28. So it's just been a good one so far. Um, again, thanks guy, Dami. He's the one that shouted out and gave me the trading idea. I was like, I agree with that. So I didn't chase that one. I didn't chase Halliburton. I don't chase. And people are saying you're chasing. Well, Halliburton went from, you know, thir- it was sitting here at the Validation yeah, Station yeah, yeah. It, it, from 30 it, to 32 for the better part of a month. And we're entering a war. Runs to 39 in two days and then gives it all back. I'm like, well, that's just stupid. War isn't over. So I bought a 34 yesterday. I'm at the bottom, but I bought a 34 and it's 35 today. So I'm up a buck in it so far. But I'm like, I think it could rechallenge those highs. So not chasing there either. What would be the plan here, though? Like, what would be the... War, if the war escalates, it's going to make money. If the war de-escalates, it's going to lose money. If we go into a situation where they sign a deal, I'll sell it. So, like, literally, like, quickly sell it as quick as I possibly can. So right now, the plan is... The plan is just to get some more exposure here, too. Like, not to be in so much tech. Tech, yeah. So the plan... and, And wheat is a total trade. Um, um, because you got a contango issue here. Obviously, this is a futures. They're holding futures and rolling them all the time. So I don't want to hold this in my long-term portfolio forever. But I just feel like it went from 8 to like almost 13 and back down to 10 in two days. I'm like, this is a dip. This is a dip to buy in a, in a stock that's trending up. So this is a swing trade. So and, and it's an ETF, and obviously it's weak. But I don't think, you know, the war is going away. I'm betting on that we're probably going to continue to have issues coming out of Ukraine. That's all. Okay. All right. Uh, we've only covered like one or two stocks today. Let's just let's do like one earnings report quickly. I know we've gone a little bit out of order here. Let's just do uh, like Asana real fast because that was the big report uh, from my eyes last night. Cool. There's two oh, Asana and CrowdStrike. Uh, Asana's earnings. <laughs> I don't know how much they matter because the stock is good. I mean, uh, it's it's growth and it's got the. Uh, the underlying bit of a CEO buying all the shares out there. But uh, the earnings per share came in a, little, a few cents higher. The revenue came in a few million dollars higher. The EPS guidance that they gave missed. The sales guidance that they gave came in higher. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a growth. It's a growth. I, I don't know either. Um, the, the CEO has just been dead wrong on this call. He's been buying it nonstop for like the last year and it continues to go lower. So very convicted in this company. I love to see that. I love to see a CEO and insider buying, keep buying and buying and buying because it makes me, you know, he's putting his money where his mouth is. So I love that. I mean, this guy has just been wrong though. Stock just keeps going well, he lower was right, and lower he was, and lower. He was right all the way up last summer. 
He, well, I guess he just kept buying it. I he guess just he just kept keeps buying it. What's he bought in the last year? $1.2 billion in the last $1.2 billion. This isn't like, oh, I'm putting $100 million or something, or, or even like $10 million. It's like, guys put a billion dollars in the stock. So yeah. putting his money where his mouth is, running a company, I loved seeing that. But a man, this com- the stock has went full. It's given it all back. I mean, we had a huge run in 2020. Jason Rasnick, which is going to be on in seven minutes. Great call by this. He was in this one for a while. 25 to 140. Now it's all the way back to 35. I mean, it's all coming all the way back to 25. Sure looks like it. I know. At a certain point in time, it's probably a buy, but holy. Dennis, let's uh, just real favor. quick. You got it's, uh, 829 here. My orders. <laughs> yep. Uh, you got someone nibbling here around 36. Uh, the only thing I can tell you is that uh, your June 21 low was 35.26. So they're stepping out a little bit early. That Look at that. I mean, I wouldn't want to be shortening in the hole. Uh, but that we'll see what happens in that area. Thirty-five twenty-six. Uh, Spencer, you got a preview of the number there? I do. I do. Uh, anything around eight uh, percent would be eight percent would be expected. Okay, I've seen estimates, you know, as low as seven point eight and as high as like eight point two. So anything in the high seven percent low 8% range is quote-unquote expected for right now. And again, we're talking about February CPI compared to February of last year. Um, I got a bad feeling. It's hard to say. If you take out out food and energy and just talk core CPI, we're talking only a 6.5% increase year over year. Uh, Recall that the last reading uh, from January – uh, came in a little bit hot. Remember, it was a 7.5. Must be soft. It must be a little bit soft. Yep, they're rallying it. Must came Sorry, in I, under. I wasn't even. Oh my! I wasn't even looking at my screens because I was uh, too busy reading off my uh, my uh, uh, expectation here. So 7.9 percent. So okay, it's what it's it's that that's within the realm of expectation. That's good, news. right? Uh, what, running on their rig numbers 7.5 percent or 7.9 percent so that's good news wow yeah and and that's the, that's what i mean we also that's the good news job, jobless claims i don't know if you care about that jobless claims are out but uh and and that that, that monthly increase the, i didn't even get to say that yet but the 0.8 percent increase that uh that we just had month over month that's exactly in line with the, where the estimate was so either you believe the estimates and you believe the number or you don't but that's what we have here. We have a, a number that came in pretty much in line with what what the economy, what the banks and the economists were projecting it to do, um, and that's where we're at. Um, if, if you take out uh, gas and uh, oh, this is interesting though, uh, energy up three and a half percent year over year, uh, year over year. Just just energy by itself up three and a half percent year over year. That's very interesting because the the conflict didn't start till the end of the month. Um, I was wondering how that was going to factor. I'll be back one minute. One minute. Uh, yeah. Um, now I looked at uh, you know the futures got to pop, but they really they, they didn't move the stock. So this is kind of similar to uh, that situation that we had, I believe, off the jobs number. We'll see if the stocks uh, can catch a bid here. Uh, we didn't get back. Um, did not did get back half of the the, the previous fifty uh, percent of the range for today. So I would would have liked to see us get closer to forty two fifty. Kind of a benign number. Uh, so this is probably going to give a little bit reinforcement to the quarter point, which uh, 
uh, Powell already said he was going to do, right? He's yeah, I, go I, I, instead of I, would presume, I would presume. I don't think this number really changes anything for next week. I, I don't, don't think so either. Yeah. Um, so quarter point is going to happen. Uh, yeah, we're at like a they're, they're saying 96 percent chance of, uh, of a quarter point hike, three a little under four percent chance of a half point hike next week, but that's probably not going to happen. So, anyway, um, yeah, everything pretty much in line. That is interesting. So, so as I was saying before the number hit, last month's number did come in a little hotter than estimates. It was a 7.5% versus 7.3% number. That was for January. This number pretty much on the button, on the button with the estimate. So, again, it comes down to whether you believe it or not, inflation is highly personal. We all see it differently in our day-to-day lives, but that's what the CPI survey says. 7.9%, 7. 7.8%, 7.8%. Just um, think about like, you know, their 2% mandate and where this started from. And it was going to be transitory. And, oh, it's running a little bit hot. I mean, the Fed has epically failed. They have done such a poor job at managing this. And they've put themselves in such a bad situation that I don't know how they get it under control. You know, that's going to be... That's his alarm going off for crazy trades. Yeah, one sec. I, I... Um, so, no, but it, it's a good point to bring up because we went from the Fed having a mandate that we want inflation to stay within 2% to, well, we're not going to um, be a slave to the 2% number anymore. It's okay if inflation tracks above 2%. We'll keep an eye on it, but but we're not going to we're not going to mandate uh, and create policy around keeping inflation at two percent. So now, and and I, when was that? Was that a year ago? I don't even remember when that was anymore. Uh, maybe two years ago. Now time flies when you're having fun. Um, so when we've gone from what a decade or so of two percent inflation to eight mm, percent inflation, uh, highest in forty years, it's pretty remarkable stuff. Well, the market's liking it right now. Right, uh, all things considered, so you got a you got a nice rally going on. I just we'll see. We're getting looks like we're going to get back half of this move. It uh, uh, half of the move would be right at this forty two fifty area. So I look at that if they can if they cannot you know set sales and hit forty two fifty and clear that, then why the heck not go back up and test the close at seventy five and a quarter? But uh, boy, you got a lot of air in here. It uh, doesn't look like you could still have an inside day here, but uh, that's what I'm looking at. See if we can get back half of this move. Uh, banks are not really reacting to this. I've, I've been looking at JP Morgan. I've hardly seen that trade. So it's just a, just kind of the futures doing their own thing. I don't think people are making a well, lot of moves. I don't actually a lot of moves any, in the stocks here. I don't actually see any movement. I'm looking at tech in the banks, and I don't actually see a lot of movement out there. Yeah. So, um, that's well, a, I mean, Microsoft. Microsoft popped on it. Uh, what else? NVIDIA a little bit. It's almost like people, you know, like they did get a lift in the futures, but it's almost as like there's offers out there, you know, that, okay, this is a pop. You know, we had a nice day yesterday. We gave a lot back overnight and here's a little bit of pop. And it seems like, you know, there's some, you know, aggressive algos, you know, bidding up the futures, but to me, it just seems like the, the stocks are just like, well, yeah, it's not a bad number uh, or, you know, we're not worse than expected. 
but it just kind of feels like they're just like it's just offers out there that yeah. uh, you know it's just yeah. like not this not your 2020 your 2021 uh euphoria but uh yeah. we'll see we got a while until the open yeah boris some boris summed it up everyone is pleased with high cpi all right uh y'all have been asking You've been you've been asking repeatedly when is Jason coming back? When is Jason coming back? And I've been saying I don't know. I'm working on it. Well, I worked on it. All right, and here he is, Jason Raznick, the founder and CEO of Benzinga, joining us uh, on pre-market prep for the first time in in a hot second here. Jason, good morning. What up? What up, Spencer Israel? Good morning to you, Joel and Dennis. It's up. I know Dennis is on a phone call making some I trades. Know where Dennis is right now, but I'm playing football. See, look, football. We got an Eli. Whoa, we got an Eli Manning, Payne Manning signed Super Bowl football here. Who should we give this away to? Um, it's we're giving that, we're giving that away. Is that what's Falcons happening? Owner. What? We're giving that away. Is that what's it's happening? It's also signed by an Atlanta Falcons owner. So it would help if your name is Josh because it said Josh. Um, good. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, would Josh be too happy if he gave that away? It would be okay, Joel, because look, you guys one that has way more signatures. You get rid of one, you won't know the freaking difference. J- you know? um, Jason, wh- how are you seeing inflation in, in, in your life right now? We we're just talking about CPI for Jan- for February. It came in at 8%, give or take. So are you seeing that in your life? Well, I went to a Michigan golf show uh, this weekend looking for AstroTurf for the backyard. Yeah. Um, and the AstroTurf you know, went up year over year because the glue is more expensive. Um, the blue? So glue, glue. Oh, the glue. The aster uh, surfing, you know. Um, wait, what is that noise? Oh, I know. It's it's another thing. I got to turn the audio off. Okay. Okay. Now we're good. Okay, I can hear you guys now. So, yeah. And, yeah, I will give some Super Bowl shit out. I have a lot of other footballs, too, that we got autographs on. Hope, okay. you, guys, hope you guys have been well. Um, it's, uh, you know. Inflation is making difference. I, I mean, I was of the camp that the Fed is just slow. I thought they should have raised rates two quarters ago, three quarters ago, and now they even talk about not raising rates at all. Um, so, like, who, who knows um, what what is what is going on? Um, I see seventeen hundred people in here, only two hundred and seventy likes. I mean, come on, can we get to like three hundred fifty, four hundred likes? Very it's good. Like, it's Very it's good. crazy. We put better graphics up, the whole thing. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some stock picks. We're gonna talk about where I'm losing money, where I'm not. Um, but I, I I don't get the Fed. Sometimes sometimes like I feel like I should run for president or run for Fed president. It's like you know this guy Andrew Yang who who made it pretty far. I knew Andrew Yang when he was just starting his business, the uh, VFA. So I met him in an alley in Detroit like eight years ago. No one really knew who he was. I knew him. I'm telling you, if he got as far as he um, did, I think I can get it. You know, I think I can at least get to the seat. Um, I would run on a fiscally conservative policy and liberally uh, social liberal, you know, um, so for social issues. But um, that's what I would do. It's it, 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 it's crazy. I, I, I don't know. I, okay. I, I don't know what's going on. This what, what, what about what about stocks here? Uh, you said you've been making money and losing money. Yeah. So t- tell us a little bit about that. Yep. So Spencer, we had a guest on yesterday. One of the ones I put in a decent amount of money. It's up seven percent. Arena Pharmaceuticals. It's a Pfizer acquisition play. Yep. Bought it at ninety three. It's now at ninety nine. The deal looks like it's uh, closer to getting done. Um, you know, before we get to another stock, 
Joel Dennis, you guys, you know, this goes about a year ago. You guys were talking to me about stablecoin, right? Remember stablecoin and you didn't want to do it or do it. Joel L. Conan, I have a question for you. Did you ever put any money in the USDC stablecoin? No, I did not. Well, I have. What has it done? What's it doing? Nothing. Just stay. I mean, I get my interest checks. I yeah, have, but the only thing is the six or seven percent now. We're not even keeping up with inflation at that point in time because inflation's around seven point nine. I know. I'm just. I'm just curious. Like, obviously, stablecoin's been awesome to keep getting that seven percent interest. But now that it's a seven point nine percent environment, is it still a good investment? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, I, I understand. I mean, I don't know. You may be living in the nickel or 1970s. I don't know where seven percent. I get ten percent. I get ten percent. And your stablecoin. I get what do you say? And stablecoin, you get ten percent. Yeah, I get ten percent. Oh, so you're beating inflation. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. Ten percent. Well, what's unbelievable, Dennis, is seeing the interest monthly. Now, I did pull some money out because my brother woke up in like sweats two nights in a row. It's like, what the f f are you doing in this stablecoin thing? Even though I think it's fully secure, and I actually like that the government is regulating crypto. So I get ten percent. I get it through Voyager because I I bought twenty thousand dollars worth of their VGX, their Voyager coin. So so on that Voyager coin though, it's down like forty percent, Dennis. So <laughs> so I'm down four to five thousand on the Voyager coin, or a little more, basically. So you want to be in the stable one, not the Voyager one. That's the yeah, story. <laughs> yeah, but the, but the that's correct. But the Voyager one gives you another full interest point. So it's so it depends. It depends how much money you have in there. The Voyager the Coin has been amazing. The you know um, now there's companies like BlockFi that had some issues because they were trading like GBTC and going you know doing the preferred and that's actually doing a security versus just um, lending out the crypto. So I'm a big USDC guy and I, I have money there, but I know it doesn't get people excited. So let's talk stocks again. Well, it does. It does. I, I mean, mean, this environment is probably a lot 10%. better than. Before ten percent a year, it's like, oh, that's crap because the stocks are going up hundred percent a year. But now, you know, ten percent when the stocks are going down, that looks really. That sounds pretty good, actually. <laughs> oh, I mean, Dennis, it's amazing. When I show the like the interest I get from Voyager, it's freaking amazing. I'm actually annoyed that my brother woke up in that, and I'm actually annoyed I ever told him because I would have had a bunch more money in Voyager, and I would have a lot more in interest. But um, that's that. Okay, um, we're gonna talk about more stocks. So I've been buying the stock KURA. KURA. Can you pull up a chart, uh, Mr. Sure. Andrew? Yeah. Yeah, I got so, you. And by the way, I'm cherry picking right now on the stocks that I'm up. We'll go up and then we'll go down. Is that cool? That's cool. <laughs> All right. I just, I just, I don't want to be like a bragger. Like, ah, I'm up on every stock, which I'm not. So I just don't want to, I want to be honest. So KURA, I don't really know the story a ton. But the reason I bring it up is I always try to bring you stocks that when I hear from uh, smart people in the industry, like this guy's at a hedge fund and he doesn't usually say his picks to his friends. This is one of his favorites. I'm up about I'm up 20.7% on it. Um, I don't know, 20.14%. I don't know what his price target is on it, but I own it because this guy who's in it is very, very smart. It's 52 week low is 11, 52 week high is 32. When it hits like 24, I'll probably start selling a little bit or 25. Um, so that's my take on KURA. It's a biotech oncology play. He says it's one of the best ones and 
like Pfizer, someone's going to buy it out. It's this doing pretty just... well in the charts. I mean, from a technical perspective, everything's been getting hammered, but this one's been slowly drifting higher. So you're in you're in a leader here, which, yeah, you know, I wish, at least from a technical perspective. I, I wish for the listeners, I could give you the more of the fundamental reason why this is a game-changing one, but I don't know the person. It's just through the grapevine. This is like this one guy that... You, that I mean, you trust. Yes, yes, yes. And so... So okay. right now I own it, but I, I like I'm not going to be greedy. I'm up 20, percent which I probably should sell some. I put a decent amount of money in. I'm waiting for like um, to, to get to like 20 or something, and then I'll like sell 15 percent of the stake. I told you guys about Arena. The other one that Spencer and I were talking about yesterday, Dennis, is Eli. Eli Kelly. So if you pull up a chart on that, yeah. not a pretty, um, uh, not a pretty chart, um, not a pretty chart, but what I've done there, Dennis, is dollar cost average. I started buying it, you know, at 28 or 29, maybe it was 30. Yeah. And so when it went to the low of like 20, um, I bought a bunch. So, um, you know, this, this, like, so I bought a bunch, uh, Eli. So I'm now down 4% on it. I just can't see this thing not, um, you know, not, uh, not moving to back to 30. Um, I really can't. I, it, it, the golf seasonal. It's is, seasonal, right? I you're, mean, and you're going to come into the good season yeah. for golf. Like I love the seasonality play here. Like off, if you look last April, look at when golf season starts. Kind of starts like April. That from April to June, this thing went from 25 to 35, and now you've been straight down. I mean, market effects are going to affect everything. But Jason, I think you know if you're in the next month starts to warm up here, you're coming into the good time to hold a stock like this. So I like this one. Yeah. So, but Dennis, I agree with you typically, but what I do on my Saturday nights while you, while you guys are out there partying, oh, yeah. I, I, I literally call, um, top golfs. I, I literally call top golfs and the, how booked top golf is right now is unbelievable. You, you couldn't get a spot in LA at their four top golfs in Detroit. It was a waiting list. You had to wait an hour to get a top golf. So I, um, I think, you know, I, I really think that Top Golf that they bought is a better buy than they're getting credit for. They may have paid a premium, but I think it does bring some uh, nice recurring income. That Top Golf's an experience. It's fun. I don't know if you guys have ever done Top Golf. Have Never. you? I haven't. No, actually. Joel, have you? I have not been out there. No, I have not. Okay. So I wonder what, what golf, what people that don't golf, if they like it. Um, but this top golf that they bought is so busy. So part of my thesis, Dennis, was I see I need to study the financials more, but I wanted to know what these top golfs are making, how much more room for expansion is, uh, how much more room there is for expansion. Um, but look at this. I mean, Darren F. Top golf was wait time by me in Tampa on Saturday evening was a four hour wait. We 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 didn't go. I'm telling you, and like you like then look, Bill. Top golf is expensive to play. Absolutely, it's expensive to play. It's one of those experiences. And I think the margins are going to be higher. I think you're going to see crazy numbers when they uh, report top off. I, I really do. Um, so that's what that's what see. Look, there we go. I top golf's amazing. Went to Dallas a few times. So I, I, I also bought this a few weeks ago, but I bought I didn't do nearly as much thought. I bought it um, because I knew that there's going to be a Netflix documentary about about PGA Tour. And I thought maybe there is a similar effect that the Formula One series had where it just increased popularity uh, tenfold in the U.S. But I'm, I, I'm definitely have buyer's buyer's remorse here. I, I, I'm regretting my Callaway. I don't really know what I want to do with it right now. But 
bought it. I, I mean, I don't. I bought, think a, 20, I bought a twenty-four. I don't when know. is the Netflix documentary coming? I, I, I don't. It's it might not be for a minute, so I don't even. Well, really, so so yeah. Dennis or Joel, whoever wants to comment, this is like what 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 Spencer just said is a challenge that you have in the market because we may we tend to look at the market daily, and so you lose yeah. your conviction sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I have strong conviction that like Win and Caesars is going to surprise people and it's going to be like, like they're going to be huge winners in 2022. So I own a decent amount of Win. It's one of, you know, I'm, I'm down, I'm down 14% on it. I've been dollar cost averaging a little bit, but I'm down 14%. But, and so I actually, and I, I own Caesars too, guys, and I was only down like 2%. I sold Caesars earlier this week and then Caesars took off yesterday, like up 10%. I was pissed at myself for selling Caesars. My logic again is win is packed. It's so busy. Everyone I know is going there. I haven't been there, but everyone I know is going there and it's so busy. I think win is going to explode in a, in a positive way. Um, I think again, like if you don't think of the day-to-day gyrations, you'll be fine. I think Callaway goes back to 30 or goes above 30. Yeah. They lost Phil Mickelson. Well, they're also not paying his his advertising thing. It's probably ten million a year, so maybe their earnings go up. Who, who knows? In a small thing. So, it's sometimes it's, you have to look away from the screen to really it's keep your conviction point. because it, it. And it's something that active traders struggle with. Like in my long term portfolio, I find myself even yesterday. You know, here I am trading my long term portfolio again, and I always do worse. You know, if I just look away and look back, that's how you get those big winners. You know, that's how you get those 200, 300, 500% winners is not looking at them every day. As an active trader, it's really hard to separate it. You know, trading and then investing are two different animals. I try not to look at my account, but when you're seeing the markets move around as much as they are, you know what you own. It's a tough thing to do. It, 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 absolutely, but some of my big, biggest gainers have been that way. Because, I mean, you know, I bought Tesla, what, at 15 bucks, and there was days when, after split up, there was days when it went up, down, and all around. And, I, and if I would have watched every day, I would have been, you know, screwed. Um, there's other stocks that I, you know, that um, I, th- so, do you ever buy warrants? No. No, I have, but I don't actively buy them, no. Okay. So maybe I don't want to bring that up, but then I we don't have to. I I have um, you know, people talk about RKT. So I sold some of my I sold RKT at the oh. end of last year for the te- for the tax loss. Okay. And then and then bought it back in February because the dividends. And I did that the same thing for UWMC. Um, RKT long term, I still it's the same position I've I've said that I don't really change. The, the, like they're in the solar business now. It sounds surprising, but they're closing deals in solar. They bought um, Truebill. You know, once they figure out that capital stack of what people are paying, what they have, and when they introduce some new products, RKT will be a fintech company that other companies are rewarded very lo- lofty valuations that RKT could be there. Now, granted, the freaking mortgage profit is going to fall. So if they did $10 billion in profit, they'll do two, $2 billion in profit. There's no, there's no question. But if as they as they diversify and get into these other things, I think it it can do well. Same thing on the UWMC, um, nice dividend, ten percent dividend. Last quarter, it had a two it had two hundred eighty million dollar profit, um, and I like the dividend. So if these companies were losing money, then I would say, you know, what I, then I wouldn't be as big of a fan. But um, they're making money. And yeah, RKT owner, 
owns 90%. They just had a dividend, so the owner got a lot of money from that. But they're both invested to see the um, the stocks go up. You know, they're both invested to see those uh, stocks go up. Yeah, I sold I sold RKT at the end of last year to take the tax loss because I had a decent amount of profits and other stuff, and I wanted to show a loss and get some losses for taxes. That worked out well because but, the stock went you, down actually in the month of January. So you have to wait 30 days. It's the tax yeah, show I, day. I was going to say you went longer than the watch sale rule is 30 days. So you can buy it back. But if you want to get the, actually get the tax loss, you got to wait a month to buy you it wait back. 30 days. That's why he did it in February, not January. Yep. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I waited like 50 days just in case. Like I didn't know how well they're going to do this stuff. So I waited. I waited um, long. And then, you know, so I'm, I'm going to go back to my stable coin. So the, the Warrens. I'm not saying go buy this thing right now, but there's this thing called CND.WS. That, that is the, um, I don't know if it's a SPAC, but that circle that powers U, USDC, that is CND.WS. When it like converts, I think Circle is an amazing company that powers USDC. So um, that's why I own that warrant, that CND.WS. It doesn't trade much, but when it converts for the stock, I think it'll be a winner. Because this is what Circle is. Um, SoFi does not pay one one percent interest. It does for like the first fifty thousand in savings, and then it's like nothing. I signed up for SoFi. I got you know they said nice. no, but then I didn't do it because it was a oh, lie. It was just nice. no. I mean it's fine, but it, it's fine. I wanted to check it. I've been signed up for all these fintech things. So when you talk about alternative assets, two guys, we haven't talked about it. Dennis, I've been signing up for every single alternative asset website because we do on Benzing, we cover all these alternative assets. What I mean by that is like Yield Street, Realty Mogul. I'm trying to like find uncorrelated stock market returns for people. And so I'm testing it with my own money, not a ton of money, just my own money just to see are these real or are they going to like say, hey, sorry, we had a, you know, whatever. Okay. Okay. Let's a couple, a couple more stocks. Um, Upwork, UPWK. Pull this chart up, guys. This has been a favorite of yours for a while. 100%. Pull, pull this chart up. Yep. Check that out. Joel, are you going to fall off your chair? <laughs> no, I mean, you. I, I remember you talking about you, you sold some of it, right? Yeah, I sold some into, into the strength. Absolutely. Um, but I didn't sell all of it. And I'm definitely, I'm definitely, definitely down on it. No question about it. I see it right here. So... As we think of trades and you sit back and you're in this room, you think of trades, Upwork, they have like 10% of their workforce that's remote workers in Ukraine and Russia. Why didn't I think of like, okay, that's going to hurt their numbers. I didn't think about it until I, I listened to the quarterly, but they get like 10 to 15% of their business from Ukraine and Russia for the vendors. So Upwork has taken a big hit because of that. I didn't sell it, Joel during this downdraft. So I sold stuff in the 45, 46 range, but you know, my average cost on this is 28 to 30. So I'm down 30% of my upwork right now. What I have left, I'm not doing anything on it. I'm just hanging out. I'm just hanging out. Um, so. Hey Raz, since, since you brought it up, I mean, you've been, you know, you've talked a lot about, you know, the stocks and the sectors and in the Bitcoin, but um, you know, in your investment experience, right. We're, we're kind of at a, pretty unusual time so how are you you know incorporating or you're not incorporating it do you just have the blinkers on as far as what's going on in the ukraine and in russia and this situation i mean you you know you're i know you're younger than me so you haven't really you know 
I mean, Vietnam, I was pretty young too. It's been pretty docile for the United States. Is that, is that so? Yeah. Yeah. How, how, how are you? Are you just, do you have the blinkers on and you just say, Hey, these are my stocks. This is where I'm going. This is going to pass. Or does it, you know, in some ways make you, you know, more conservative? Or are you being, are you looking at this as just like just another, you know, just buy the dip opportunity and, you know, we'll shrug this off and go back up. Well, so, t- so, so two things. One is every single time we've had these downdrafts in the market in the last like three years, four years, every single time it was a buying opportunity. We said, oh God, I wish I would have bought this. I wish I would have done this because you would have like the 10X gains or 5X gains. Um, And, you know, I think you get rich or make a lot of money when there is these downdrafts in the market. I mean, it's very hard to time the market, Joel, but Uh it's, I think this is when you do find opportunity. I'll tell you a couple ones that I bought during this downdraft that I'm doing well in and I still feel very confident in a second. So with what's going on in the Ukraine and Russia, I've taken money off in a decent way, but then I try to pounce on a couple opportunities. And then if I'm really wrong on it, um, then I, you know, I, then I reconsider. So I went pretty big into Caesars in the last two weeks. And then it went, there was down like Monday a lot, not a lot, like 2%, 3%. I'm like, I'm like, F it. My thesis is wrong for now, but I'll keep and win. And then it went up 10% the next day. So I try to watch it. I try to watch because there's huge opportunities to find. Like Etsy was a huge opportunity. Um, there's like uh, CrowdStrike. What a no-brainer. I bought some more Twilio. What a no-brainer. Their business hasn't changed. CrowdStrike is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I bought CrowdStrike. Um, so there's some, I try to think what are good businesses. I would say Asana is a phenomenal business, you know, on, on stuff when that sells, you know, sells off, I try to buy it. Um, it also helped me realize this stuff is that, that I'm not diversified enough. So I don't own really that many long-term energy plays, even if it's an ETF, I don't own that. And that, that made me, you know, that was a mistake. And people are telling me I need to get a money manager. Um, this Goldman guy keeps calling me to manage my money. And I'm like, Hey, I know how to do this. But then again, I guess I don't cause I didn't have an ener- energy play, which is just stupid. Right. We, we you- all did that though. I mean, 90% of investors I think have been, you know, long tech and we've been talking tech and energy has been dead for so long. It's like you go into what's working and the energy thing kind of snuck up on us, you know, six months ago just started working and then it's been un- unbelievable. So, I mean, I've been way underweight energy too, and I do this for a living. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to, you know, not and knock yourself for, you know, being down on energy when energy's underperformed the market for a decade. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. Because you would have gotten killed on it with that. Yes, that's true. My friend who has an account, his account was basically all energy for some reason. It, let's say the account like a decade ago was like 20000 It literally went down to like $4,000. Yeah. And now there it's like, back at, he's like, he like Schlumberger, he had like at 78. It's still nothing. Um, so two more things I'm going to get to, Joel. I'm going to get to one of these other stocks that I like. But before I do that, um, someone mentioned the, the Benzinga Cannabis Conference. I just got word. We didn't put it out publicly yet. I on my Instagram, I made a little a video, but but we got word yesterday that Mike Tyson is coming. Mike what? Tyson. Oh my gosh. Mike Tyson. Oh, that's crazy. Not not that's- just not. I'm not done yet. Not just him. This now keep this one between us, just us. Um, <laughs> that's two thousand people. Are well, don't, <laughs> but, this is, but this is family. This is this is pre market okay. prep family, oh, right? Oh, secret safe. Yes. Okay. Um, there's a wrestler. He used to be a wrestler. I guess he goes, woo, or something. 
Rick Flair. So I so I didn't say Fish that. Man. I didn't say that because I'm not allowed to say that yet. So I'm not saying that we got him. Maybe we have him, but I don't know. Um, Isaiah Thomas will be there from the Pistons back in the day. Al, Al Harrington, um, maybe John Sally, um, and then all the CEOs of every cannabis company. So if you're can be in Miami, it's there's psychedelics the first day, April 19th to April 21st, bzcannabis.com. The first day I'm interviewing Kevin O'Leary, I think on the 19th or 20th. Um, we'll bring anyone you want there. So you guys come support us. That'd be awesome. Bzcannabis.com. It's cannabis is actually a hard word to spell. It's C A N N A B I S. Get thirty percent off with the code that is a hard thirty. Word it's on the screen. It's in the description. Shows thirty gets you thirty percent off. It's not on the screen. It is on the screen. What screen are you talking about? Yeah, it's on the show screen. You better make sure you're looking at the right place. Oh, not in the chat. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Wait, yeah. actually, right on the screen. <laughs> Says it right there. I know, but, but I wasn't looking. I was going to check. I had something freaking hilarious to say. Um, I don't wait, know. That, shoot, hold on. Wait, cannabis, the event. I don't even know. Okay, maybe I'm high. Oh, okay. I, I, inter- I interviewed a kid to be like my right hand man yesterday, trying to hire like a chief of staff or admin, someone that can just help me get get going and get stuff built. Anyway, my interview question, I always ask people when they say they follow the markets profusely, I ask them Apple stock symbol, and they usually say APPL instead of AAPL. He got that one right. But my next question is, which he got wrong, and Dennis, don't feel like you have to do the answer because you don't want to look you know, dumb on this one. Warren Buffett. How do you spell Warren Buffett's last name? Jason, this is, this is, this I think is Jason's he, pet peeve. This might be your number one pet peeve, I think. Is I've got I've got it as oh man I might get you it you don't Dennis. <laughs> go Dennis go for it I I always is it is it double F double T or one T it's it's double F is it one T or two T at the end I oh I gosh. I've made this mistake before and got it's you. hard is it double T or is it one T at the end Joel do you know double T is it, I'm going double T too it's double T okay so I got it right but he. But he, but he did B U F F E T, and I'm like, and I'm like, Aunt. and he's like, <laughs> Aunt, you're fired. <laughs> but then he's like, well, he wasn't hired. He wasn't, he wasn't hired. hired. <laughs> hey, how about I? I got to hop here. Get ready for uh, pre market yeah, prep plus. So I'll check in with you guys a little bit. Raz, great seeing you. Hope to see Raz, you again you soon. You got to come on regularly. See you downtown all the time. Great, great, great seeing you. But you, then you totally talked me off the cliff in a lot of these long term stuff because I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready to sell everything. Nuclear war is coming. I'm like, I'm selling everything out of this long term account. But now you talk me out of it again. So it's good. I need. I need somebody. You're like my, you know, counselor here for my long-term portfolio because you know I've always done pretty well trading, but I kind of suck at long-term investing because my trading impacts it so much. Forget it. So it's hard, man. It's hard to hold. That's but, the hardest thing. I hear you, but then what? What I was gonna say? Well, Buffett, the kid spelled with an E at the end. It was like what? But another, <laughs> he was really in trouble, man. Yeah, when yeah. Put the E on it. And I liked the kid, but so the, another stock I bought though, De- uh, Dennis, recently, and it's up eighteen percent. FXLV. FXLV and I bought it against people who are like, "What is this?" I fucking love it. Ooh, Joel. Oh wait, Joel's gone. It's okay. Okay, look, look at the insider buying on it and funds. I mean, I bought it in. uh, I didn't buy it in big enough size though, Dennis. What is this Um, though? uh, F45. It's the gym I keep meaning to open. It's like the circuit thing. Mark Wahlberg's involved with it. I freaking love it. And um, better than Peloton though. I'm up on it like twenty percent. Let me see. I'm up on it. 
I bought I bought FXLV. Where are we again? We 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 gotta hop because we got Peter Tuffman coming on. Twenty four thousand up forty eight hundred. You know, maybe I'll do some live trading today. But uh, yeah, Dennis, it's hard on these long term ones. I get it, man. It's, it's hard, hard man. when you look at it, but you just gotta put some away and leave it alone. And then What's gotta um, do. Hey, do you have a good ETF for energy? I know I gotta go because I know that Peter talking. Uh, I just do the XLE and the XOP. Yeah, XLE, XLE is a little more conservative. XOP is a little more aggressive. Those are your two largest. XLE right. is loaded though. Chevron, like Exxon, XLE is like forty yeah. percent of it. I so think. should I buy one of those today? If, 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 I, I bought, I bought an, I bought an energy stock. I bought Halop. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Burton yesterday. So I, 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 on the pullback, not, a, I don't know long, long term here because I'm better at the short term stuff, but I, the day actually was to buy it yesterday. It's already just bounced, you know, to two, two bucks here this morning. And that's, and that's I XL. like energy on the, I don't think the war is done. So I think short term energy stocks. Probably Wait, you said XLE and what's the other one? XOP, XOP. Those are the two big ones. OIH is there, but that's all Slumberger and how, and if you want clean energy, try uh, TAN or ICLN, ICLEAN. ICLN is a clean energy one if that's what you're looking wow. for. And that stuff's working now too. Because you got solar working, and you've got because you know, we're looking, at, we're seeing gas prices. So all of a sudden, everybody starts thinking, "What's alternative energy?" So you got solar has been coming back right now. ICLN was probably full of solar. You know, that's clean energy. Yeah. So you're seeing that stuff. You're seeing alternative energy work now too, because oil price going high. There's always right. been a positive correlation. I I got to bring on Peter Tuckman. I'm oh, buying kicked off, Jason. Maybe I'm buying Jason tan. I'm buying show. tan right now. Good luck with that, Peter. We'll talk about API later, okay? We'll talk about API later. Sounds good. All right, see you later, Raz, Dennis. Peter Talkman, good morning, man. How are we doing? (laughs) I'm all right, buddy. How are you? Hey, hey. Trying to keep the train on the tracks here. All right, let's talk about reaction to that CPI print. Pretty much in line, right? Nothing too – as much as we can be not not surprised about 8% inflation, that's where we seem to be this morning, right? Market seems to be relatively quiet off that. You know what? I think what's happening is I was trying to figure out what yesterday's rally was all about. And I did a little bit of investigation. 
And I don't think it was any kind of a dead cat bounce or any kind of a positive um, reaction to anything. I think it was a massive short cover. I had read a massive put positions that 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 people had. Uh, there was a massive put buying going on in the uh, in the uh, spiders and in the market overall. And I think that there was a massive shorts uh, position in the spider in general. And I think that that was a desperate attempt by market makers to position themselves and hedge themselves because there was no more inventory and they were just puking. They were puking their position. That that's what I I read, and it sort of made actually a lot of sense. Why, particularly after the way the market traded on Monday, down severely with really a lot of nothing but negative sentiment, would be would be bouncing yesterday. There was nothing, no news out in the marketplace. You know, besides look. Also this morning, I read some fascinating stuff that the massive. You know, last week I think you and I chatted for a second or a couple of weeks ago about who's doing what to who here, right? Is it retail selling? Is it margin call selling? Who's buying? Is it is large, large uh, uh, institutions selling and retail buying or retail selling and uh, institutions buying? And it turns out that what we're seeing is a massive outflow of money into out of hedge funds and retails trying to buy the dip. Right. So that that's what's going on. I don't think any of that contributed to yesterday. Mike, I'm convinced that yesterday was a massive short squeeze by ma- market makers in the in the in the uh, uh, so a a a net a net bearish indicator if if the if the rally was merely the result of as you're saying market makers being forced to hedge a massive short position or positions well look, correct and it's validated by this morning's action i don't think the market is reacting uh, to anything right we were down yeah. quarter percent at 753 this morning yeah we're right down. now it was it bouncing back a little bit well, the, the futures are down one, a little over one percent. The Nasdaq's down one and a half percent here. Going. Okay, so so Spencer, it kind of validates that that you know I we look we have seen these one off reversal days, no question about it. But yesterday was was more than just a reversal day. The market opened up; it was two and a half percent at one point, and it flatlined off that all day long. I was in there trading all day. It finally broke at the end of the day, just out of fatigue. Yeah. But there was being held up by people desperately attempting. To, to hedge themselves. And it's and it's validated by this morning's sell-off. The, the sentiment hasn't changed. The story hasn't changed. The war is only getting worse, right? Look, we saw a bit of a reversal in the oil thing because it's clear whether we're going to hop into bed with Venezuela, we're going to release our own reserves, whether, you know, we're stopping buying oil from, from, uh, from Russia. I mean, obviously, as Dennis had mentioned, the oil trade is probably, the energy trade is probably still a little in. But I think it's validated by today's continuation of the sell-off that nothing yesterday was a one-off that's what we i mean we've seen so far every pop uh in the overall market and there has been there have been several of them uh has been a pop to sell going back really since the start of the year or even before that but um but every time we get a green day a green day like yesterday i find myself asking uh and it was really it was especially difficult the other week too when we had three ford updates in a row um, all right off that 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 low on February twenty fourth, and some of us asking, well, is it is this a is this another pop to sell, or was that it? And um, you're saying no, not it, not it. Oh, I, what what I'm saying is that we really need to be students of the market. We look not not every dip is the same is is, is like the other dips, right? Those four days up in a row, I really think was people thinking. Look, we also know historically 
that are as as sort of insensitive as this may sound that when the when the bomb in anticipation of a war the market sells off and when the bombs start to fall the market tends to rebound that's history that's history that's not my opinion mm-hmm. right and so that's what you were talking about a yeah. reaction to that that okay the anxiety of what is actually going to happen how is it going to unfold and we do now know we're in a war and it's going to happen and it's real and it's bad but the market will react in a positive way that's history telling us that story but yesterday felt a little different and some of these days where we've seen intraday reversals right i think those are really a hedge fund selling and retail's trying to buy the dip but jokingly enough on instagram yesterday i posted a little uh, nursery rhyme and i said yesterday's dip is not today's dip Right. You know, you've got people with not a lot of experience. I see it. I I hear it on social media of people thinking they're they're afraid they're going to miss the bottom. I know that is a dangerous psychology to be in, because, look, today's bottom could the, the bottom could fall out of the bottom. And Spencer, we've seen that over and over, over again in the last eight weeks. In the first eight weeks of 2022, I, I, I know because everyone because everyone looks at that March 2020 low, and I've done it too. And you, you, we can all look at that and say, why didn't I just buy on March 23rd, 2020? And of course, it wasn't obvious then. Peter, I'm wondering, and we gotta we gotta hop here, but since you mentioned the wild intraday swings, not so much yesterday, but the day before that, and the day before that, um, it, what have you seen as far as liquidity in the market? Has liquidity lessen a little bit because that can sometimes lead to more volatility intraday you know what i really haven't i think the volume's been okay, okay. I think the liquidity is there the outflows are, uh, i don't think that's the problem okay i think you've got big opinions on both sides whether it is institutional selling hedge fund selling and retail buying whether it's the other way around there's a massive appetite for the market right now uh, by look there we don't know what people's positions are we don't know what risk people's risk portfolios are I know that there are a few people out there getting lucky because they make a bet and the market goes, look, we're seeing multiple days and weeks, weeks, weeks with more than the 1% move intraday, every day, all the time, right? Somebody's right, somebody's wrong. I imagine we're not hearing from the wrong guys because they're sitting out on the uh, on the stoop, smoking a lucky strike and drinking Hennessy and the other guys are posting you know, pictures of their Bugattis with stacks of 10,000s. I don't think any of them are true. I don't think any of them are real. I think there's a lot of pain out there. I think, you know, if you're an investor, don't look at your, you know, it's funny. I watched a little thing. I'll I'll be quick of Warren Buffett talking about, you know, investing. And he said, look, if I buy a house, you know, I put it away and I hope that in 20 years it it increases in value. You know, if you can't take the volatility, you shouldn't be in the market. Right. But that doesn't mean that if you're new, you shouldn't educate yourself. And as we always go to a technical analysis is the best defense against this kind of volatility. Right. This is an amazing opportunity for trading. We're even finding, though, that we're cutting our size down and we're putting tighter uh, tighter stops in because sometimes in this kind of wild market run by headlines, technical analysis does get beat up a little. Peter Tuckman, the Einstein of Wall Street. Peter, always a pleasure, man. Have a good rest of your day. Thanks for coming on today. Pleasure. Later. We got to hop, guys. Live trading with Benzinga is going live, so smash that like button. If you haven't checked out Benzinga Pro, there is a discount code to sign up in the description of this video on YouTube. It's a 25% off code, I believe. Uh, Let me double check that. Yes, 25% off code. The link is in the description. Check it out. Also, as we mentioned, bzcannabis.com. Get 30% off 
your ticket to that event with the code SHOWS30. Thanks to our guests today, Peter and Jason. Thanks to all of you. I'm done. I'm hopping off. Live trading is hopping on. This stream will redirect to those guys. Everyone, good luck today. Stay green. Catch you later. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O.